Thank you so much for tuning in to this Nerdy for 30, the podcast where comedian Tim Keck and I talk about nerdiest things for 30-ish minutes. My name is Kevin Bauer, and today we're talking about a show that genuinely surprised me. I was so happy that this show turned out to be what it is. It's Miss Marvel on Disney+. Plus. What a delight. Tim, am I wrong here? It's a delight. It's a joy. It's fun. You know what was nice is for them to actually try something a little different. Oh. It's... It is a new like cultural setting, which I found fascinating and enjoyed learning so much about. Uh, I really appreciated that. And then just like the animation style and like filtering the world through through one character's point of view and like the animation, the coloring and dreaming and stuff, which they did forget about for like two or three episodes in the middle there. Sure. But, But. uh, if we're talking, you know, what was it? First two, last, first three, <laughs> last one. This is a pretty tight thing, you know. You have like one good movie in here, and uh, I, I love that movie. There were definitely parts that I would have cut if this was a movie, but in here, you got a, you got. There's a great movie in this, Kevin. And I had a great time in general. This might be this and Hawkeye. I feel like are head and shoulders above everything else in terms of just me enjoying them. It's up there. Dude, this was a ball. You are so right. I think where this show slowed way down was when they tried to make it more of a traditional superhero show. And every time it started doing that, I was like, what are you doing? We don't need that. You had it. You already know what to do with this show, and you've been doing it for several episodes. Go back to that. As soon as they started doing the little animations in her plan in the final episode, I was like, oh, my God, it's been like two hours since we saw this style. You nailed it. I hadn't thought about it like that. I it, You nailed it by saying that it's the world filtered through that one character's perspective. That's so unique. I really don't know that we've seen that before in the MCU, and it's so much fun. We really haven't, and it's great. It just felt everything about this felt fresh and fun. I do have my beefs. I have I have some beefs that I think are just real bummers and systemic problems with our society. And then I have other beefs that are like, yeah, that one episode that started with a flashback. I just like turned it off. I was like, I don't I don't feel like sitting through this right now. Started with a flashback. The the second to last one started with like a flashback of, I think, her grandparents and and then somehow her grandma dies, but she's not really alive, but she isn't really dead. She just kind of fell asleep. And it's like showing us a thing that we already knew was the thing that happened. And I was like, I know what this whole episode is going to be. I don't I was I put it off. I put it off until the other one, the finale came out because I was like, I don't this is going to be at least 20 minutes of my life that I I will want back. And it was a self-fulfilling prophecy in that way. Just very weird, very weird episode, unnecessary, a lot of stuff you could cut. But then it led into a finale that overall I found pretty pleasant and compelling. Yeah, I was going to say, after actually going back through and watching it, did you still not enjoy it? Because I felt kind of similar. I was like, man, we're still back in the past. I want to see more of Kamala now. But I was pleasantly surprised with where we went. Her great granddad in that scene, man's hot as hell. That was like... (laughs) Holy shit. Limp uh, on over here, dude. <laughs> Limp this way, bro. Get it. Oh, I forget what his comeback is when she threatens his legs. But it was like, damn, okay, this guy's cool. 
<laughs> he was cool. He was awesome. And she fell for him and they had a little thing and a little family. You could cut that whole episode and like nothing changes. It doesn't oh, change I because want of, that though. Then you flash back to the present. Oh, okay. Then maybe here, here's, here's like an overarching beef with this that I think might be a problem. The villain, weird villain. Yeah. Who's the bad guy? What does she want? What's her motivation? She just wants to go home. That's it. That's all she wants. The flashback doesn't flush that out at all. The flashback doesn't really flush out Kamala at all. The The flashback is is just showing us a thing that we already knew about. And and then the villain shows up and she wants to go home and then she wants to go home and then she wants to go home. And then in that episode, it's like everyone's like, you can't open the portal to destroy everything. And she's like, no, F that I'm going home. They're like, you can't open the portal. It's going to destroy everything. She's like, F that I'm going home. They open the portal. It starts to destroy everything. She's like, oh, actually, you guys were right. So I'm going to fix this. And it's like, what is this? This is a compelling villain isn't wrong, right? Like we say this all the time on the pod is like compelling mm-hmm. villains, right? And she just misread a book or something. She like didn't understand <laughs> the fine print. She, she plugged the toaster in incorrectly. Like she just didn't know what was, you know, she put a piece in the wrong way. It was like building Ikea furniture and she missed a step. Like that was, that was her evil motivation for this. This thing is a misunderstanding of the mechanics of this world that she is from and existing and that is being introduced to us. So it's like, I wow. didn't find her compelling. She wasn't interesting. She killed the ghost grandma, but really didn't. And yeah, there we go. I got to tell you, man, I didn't always know where that train was going, but you pulled it right on into the station when you said (laughs) fucking up a piece of Ikea furniture. There was one time, man, I was building the kitchen table. I almost took my thumb off with an X-Acto knife. I put a peg in like three steps before I was supposed to put the peg in. Turns out that was the only peg I had and they're not supposed to be able to pop back out. So I had to wedge it back out with an X-Acto knife. But I slipped and went like right past the edge of my thumb. And it's just one of those moments where you freeze and you just make sure you didn't actually cut yourself like anime style and your thumb's about to slide off. (laughs) Man. Yeah, she just she was right in that she wanted to go home. I think maybe the thing is like, yeah, our our thing is that the villain has to be right, but they have to be going about proving that in the wrong way. I guess you can say that with she wants to go home, but she's conveniently ignoring the fact that that would potentially be catastrophic for everyone else. But it feels like we can probably work something out. I'm not sure why the djinn have been like demonized in that way for wanting to go home when we have a bunch of superheroes now all hailing from different backgrounds. Like somebody's got to be able to find a way to open a portal to get her home. You know, we're doing literal time travel. Dr. Strange can't get her home. They don't know where the Shang-Chi rings came from. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dr. Strange can't fucking get her home. Come on. Dr. Strange can get her home there. OK, now I'm going to I'm going to segue this into some hot takes about Thor because I just rewatched all the Thors after, after <laughs> seeing him. I actually saw Love and Thunder again. Uh, I love that movie. I mean, I'm just you know, I just love it. It's just oh, great. I see it again. I rewatched it. It was just so good. I feel like it's just been getting lambasted constantly. But like on the rewatch, no pressure. You're like, I know what this is. It's just a fun comedy. It's just so fun and great. 
and Natalie Portman and Christian Bale are so undeniable. Like everyone's so undeniable in it. I just had a I had a blast rewatching it. There's Thor Dark World. I enjoyed <laughs> Thor and Thor Dark World much more than I thought. I enjoyed Ragnarok less than I Ragnarok's not as good as I remember. Thor Dark World. There is like a catastrophe that is like interplanetary, like world ending. Right. Mm-hmm. Like in the first Thor, he's dealing with like an internal battle and then he fights in a small town. He fights the destroyer. You know, that's a small contained thing in Ragnarok. He's fighting for Asgard. That's like his problem in love and thunder. He's fighting to save Asgardians. But then in Thor Dark World, there's like a weird they're on Earth and he's fighting dark elves. and They're doing this weird technology thing. And that's one I know we got to suspend our disbelief for these things. But that's one of those where I'm like, you can't call the Avengers on this one. This is an Avengers level threat, right? Like once it becomes a the the world is ending, right? Like, oh, this is this is when you bring in the Avengers. This is help, you know? Yeah. I, I also think it's very possible to make compelling stories where the world isn't ending, right? Where the stakes are different. Like even Asgard, like Asgard's being destroyed, but that's not necessarily something you would bring an Iron Man for, right? Like Mm -hmm. Captain America doesn't need to show up to save Asgardian children. You know, that's like an Asgardian problem. It feels, it doesn't feel weird to invite him in. And this whole interdimensional thing, it just feels like this is, we're dealing with a world level threat in Miss Marvel. Like it's weird. It's too weird. much too soon with these gin that are genies with no powers. So why are they gin? Well, the one guy had like a magic whip. Magic. So I would say but no we- powers. Really? So if you're talking about like the myth of genies, like being passed down through generations, it's like Mm -hmm. guy with magic whip. Right. And that like translates to rubbing a bottle and three wishes and like an all powerful group. This is like a group of like eight moms and dads who are like abandoning their kids at the first chance they get using their magical whips to beat up children and then destroying the universe with a weird portal. They don't understand. It's just they're just weak. They're weak, bad guys. They're not fun. It's they're lame. They're I want to know more about Kamran's origin because the jinn have been around for, I think they said thousands of years. And then Kamran's mom just had Kamran like 17 years ago. What changed in the right. like hundreds of years she'd been around that made her go, you know what? I'm probably going to be here a while. It's been 983 years. I could probably I could probably settle down. Uh, who's the guy? Who's the dad? Did we ever learn about that? No, but I bet he's awesome. He's got to be to make her break a 983 year. <laughs> I, I don't even know what you want to call it. Celibacy. It's it's wild. Oh, she was having she was having lots of protected sex that whole time. Kevin, don't you worry. That girl fucks. She just is responsible about it. As we encourage all of our listeners to be on this show. Speaking of uh, lots of of protected sex, what do you think of our love triangle between uh, Kamala, Cameron and Whitey McWhitestein, uh, (laughs) Bruno, our little incel in 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 the making? Uh, Bruno is what would happen if Peter Parker never got powers. (laughs) he is the spectacular spider simp he i love the triangle 
I really liked it. I like all of the supporting cast of this show. I love, I mean, I think the dude that played Red Dagger was a god awful actor, but I like that he exists in the show just because yeah. it's like, fuck yeah, give her boys. Like, who's, this is great. It's, uh, it reminded me of too. Uh, the whole crew. It's, it, yeah. they're deep. This is a deep catalog of people here. Ah, oh, dude, it was wonderful. Um, yeah, with the, with the love triangle, big fan of it. Bruno's a 4chan deep dive away from being like a real problem. Yeah. That could be his supervillain origin story. <laughs> easy. I don't understand. I'm perfect for her. I changed my entire personality to like Indian things uh, to like. And I like followed her around and I don't understand. I'm a good guy. I deserve her. Right. Like it's just like kind of weird. I'm just like, this is creepy today. You know, this is the kind of thing we're like, I don't know. And was I reading too much into it? I approached the. I, I got very pessimistic by the end of this. I'll tell you what. Look, dude, I think Bruno was the guy that damage control should have been watching. You need to keep tabs on this kid. I scanned your body again last night while you were sleeping and I discovered a mutation. Uh, uh, how is Bruno? I, that's another thing where it's like, look, I know that technology is super advanced and we just complained about the fact that, you know, Dr. Strange couldn't send her home or something. But it's one thing to have somebody that is in the echelon of superheroes having access to this crazy technology. But to have Bruno, who is a high school kid, being like, OK, so I was able to analyze your genetics and find the source of your powers. I'm like, I'm pretty sure if I did 23 in me right now, the turnaround for getting my DNA test back would be at least two weeks. <laughs> He's doing yeah, Bruno overnight testing tests. Your DNA? Yeah, he mentioned it multiple times. He's doing overnight turnaround on tests to her DNA to figure out like sources. And I guess, uh, uh, what do you want to call it? Like uh, constraints of powers that no one has ever seen before. How do you know? My sister is a physics PhD. Shout out to Lisa. Uh, she Shout out uh, Lisa! When she was in uh, her like postdoc program, she invented a device that is now used it's like a like a single-sided mri machine thing i might actually have to mute some of that stuff out i'm not sure what part of it i'm allowed to talk about but she invented this device and got to tour it internationally because it was so groundbreaking and what i what always blew my mind so much about that was that if you're inventing this new device that's showing you diagnostics how do you know what those numbers mean that this brand new device is telling you. How do you know that you're returning values in something that are reliable? It's incredible. So the fact that Bruno could do this as a high school student, I just don't buy it. Yeah, it is weird. He's like comparing her to the DNA of like her family and stuff too. And like, like he's able to determine that she has a mutation, which I feel like is just very high level and interesting. I mean, you know, let's say maybe he is just like a weird super genius he's going to caltech but it's it it is a lot it's a lot to kind of like squeeze in there and make make happen it feels like there's somewhere better he could go than caltech <laughs> if he's that good is caltech a good school like, yeah, but they don't even have a football no. team <laughs> how oh. many how many championships do they have well, i'm yeah, talking dude. banners caltech fuck you go gators uh the only thing that MIT has more of than patents is rings. <laughs> Let's uh, real quick, oh, before we move on from the subject of mutations, 
What do you think of the reconfiguring of Kamala's origin story so that she is a mutant instead of an inhuman? I feel like the chatter online is that Marvel kind of hates the inhumans because of some weird back and forth with like X-Men. They didn't have the rights to the X-Men. They tried to push the inhumans. It didn't really work because X-Men are way better. So now they're just like burying the inhumans uh, (laughs) as much as as possible. And... I I think that's fine. I think interest, introducing her as a mutant is very interesting. I think it opens the door to stuff. It kind of like sets the expectation that like something can trigger this mutation, right? Like maybe the 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 bangle, which by the way, bangle, I what an what a horrible word bangle is. Yeah. What a lame unintimidating word. Oh no, you better better watch out before she grabs her bangle. Like what are we talking about? Like it's like Thor's hammer, Captain America's shield and Miss Marvel's bangle. It's just <laughs> unintimidating <laughs> weakness. I don't know. It's this just is, so lame. Uh, Every time they said and they said it so much. The over under on bangle being said in this is like 65, dude. They said it Every chance they get the bangle, the bangle, the bangle. It was a lot. It was a lot for just a bangle. The first time I heard it, I was like, maybe they're not going to say it that much. And maybe (laughs) maybe this is a cultural thing. But for me personally, my only association for bangle in my life was like plastic jewelry that my sister had when we were growing up in the 90s. So I just go straight there to like a hot pink and hot turquoise like plastic wristband. So, yeah, bangle. It's it's strange. It also makes me think of uh, one of another shout out James Cross. I think my second favorite James Cross tweet <laughs> of all time, which is uh, put on some bangles. Daddy wants to jangle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, James Cross is always spitting out some variation of that, uh, which, <laughs> which I do love. I do love dearly. Um Bangle's weird. I like the idea that maybe the bangle is giving her these weird, you know, hard color, uh, whatever. I forget what the term they came up with on on the the thing with the hard light structures. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's amplifying that. But at the end, we kind of get a look at her embiggening. So maybe something happens to the gauntlet and then her body actually the real we see the real mutation. I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like that in the Marvels. Um, especially once we go from TV production quality to movie production quality, which is always that you'd think with the money they're spending, it wouldn't be a big difference, but I always find it to be a very big difference. So <laughs> maybe they're just waiting until, uh, she's on the big screen to like do all like the body changing and stuff. What about you, Kevin? What do you think about the, the mutant stuff? I think it's smart. I think if the show had been bad, it would have been a really big bummer, but not only was the show good overall, but she is so good. She is such a fun character to watch. Um, I just, I really liked, I played the Marvel's Avengers video game. I really liked Kamala in that. And after seeing her depiction in that, the voice actor does a great job in that game. And after that, I was like, wow, this person for the show has the work cut out for him. And I, she just blows it away. She's terrific. So I think it was basically anybody else. I would have had more of an issue with it. I guess technically still Professor X is the first mutant we saw on screen in the MCU, but Mm -hmm. I'm all about it. I also hate the Inhumans. The whole like the whole thing they tried to do. God, Marvel has to regret that so hard. 
Because, yeah, they didn't have the rights to the X-Men in like 2014. So they retconned Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch from ever having been mutants in the comics just so that they would have legal rights to use them in the movies going forward. Like all that kind of stuff is so fucking dumb. I mean, they they could retcon it again, right? And say like the experimentation actually amplified their mutation or whatever it was. And oh yeah, uh, Monica Rambo, right? Like she went through that force field that awoke in her, um, her mutation. Yeah. You know, like all the Marvels, all the Marvels have been exposed to something that potentially could have activated a latent mutation. So I think that making them all mutants, which like Captain Marvel has some sort of a connection with, like I remember reading her X-Men comics or her being a part of the X-Men as like binary and things like that. And so, yeah, I definitely think there's there's something there. OK, here's a here's a uh, not as big a beef, Kevin. All right. Hold on. Let me pull up the app again. <laughs> You gotta pull the app again. Just a, oh yeah, man, I was so ready. I was I so ready for you. Man. A- <laughs> this is uh, this is some bonus time in case we decide to uh, cut the very political rant I just went on. Sure. Uh, <laughs> real quick, just to get us in the uh, just to get us back into the headspace, just to get us back into the energy that we were in beforehand. We're talking about how good this show is. This is such a fun show. There's nothing dark or heavy in this show whatsoever. Oh my god, what a wonderful fantasy world to escape to that doesn't remind you of anything bad going on in the world whatsoever mm-hmm, not one mm-hmm, bit mm-hmm. ah that's been great though tim you got a beef though i got a beef where's the beef already talked about the villain maybe being a little weak um you know not najma and she just kind of turns on a dime at the end and is like oh i'm gonna save my son the same son that i left to die earlier in the episode and that felt abrupt to me and the parents went from being the most protective people ever, and then they became the most supportive people ever. And that felt very abrupt to me. Mm. And how is it? Am I reading too much into it, Kevin? Or is the question, how is it that in a TV show where they have six episodes and, you know, as much time as they'd want per episode, I'm assuming. How is it that they still make things feel rushed? in this format. I think all of these Disney plus shows, we're still really in the first wave of Disney plus shows. You know what I mean? All the ones that we're watching now, we're pretty much greenlit at the same time, pretty much announced at the same time. So I consider this to be like the first slate of Disney plus. And I think Disney did not necessarily have faith in any of them. They put a lot of money (laughs) behind them, but these all feel like, People had great ideas for three seasons of a TV show and Disney was like, "Okay, you can do it, but you got to do it all in one season because I would have loved an entire season of just Kamala, you know, like. I don't know, getting the getting the bangle, getting her powers and navigating her relationship with her parents while going around playing with these powers completely would have loved that Um, would have had a lot more time to explore the backstory of the djinn and dig into what would have made Najma a compelling villain and her relationship with Kamran and all that. Uh, I think the only one of these Disney plus shows, I guess WandaVision felt like it comfortably was one season and Hawkeye comfortably felt like it was one season, but still probably could have lost the Kingpin. And like, I don't know all the other ones. Moon Knight feels like I 
that should have been a three season show. Loki feels like we should have been like three seasons into it by the time we get to where we're at with Loki right now. It's just all this shit happens way too fast, Tim. Yeah, I'm I am simultaneously agreeing and disagreeing with you while you're saying this. Where you're like, man, I don't think it feels like they put so much into this. But there's also so much I would cut it like they just haven't figured this out. Like Mm-mm. if this was a movie, you could cut hours. If this was yeah. a TV show, TV shows are filler, right? Like it's like spending time with characters and like bonding and like making jokes and exploring relationships like TV shows are more about exploration and they're simultaneously not exploring. They're adding filler, but it's not explored. It's not, they're, the filler never ex- explores the right things, uh, in my opinion. And like to piggyback off what you were saying, I was watching watching something the other day where they're basically talking about how all of these Disney Plus shows were made at the same time. So mm. all of the feedback they're getting from these, it's too late, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like like audience have audiences have watched these and it's like, dude, She-Hulk is done. Like. <laughs> I know we got to wait for it, but they're not waiting. It's over. Like she hawk is what it is at this point. And we could have all the constructive criticism about that. We want They're not hearing it. Cause it's, it's in the can already. So I think that's a lot of it. I'm really curious. Like if they're actually going to change their strategy for any of these. Yeah. Would you, would you watch on the flip side, this like 10 episodes? Yeah. Is that a, is that a crazy take then to just like really stretch it out and have like Kamala in school and like getting picked on and like going to this thing and trying to sneak out, like just really stretching it out more and delving into that relationship more. I would Why'd you go to that. India? What do we need? Do we need India? India was sweet. I'm not, I don't know. I'm very torn. I think the flashback is where they completely lost me. India was awesome. I loved seeing India. It is weird to me that they're just like, okay. And then Kamala, like you're writing this thing and they're like, she's in New York. She's in New York. The finale is in New York. And then she just like, she's, she's in India somehow. And she goes on this little adventure and then somehow she's back in New York. I mean, I don't know. It just felt kind of, kind of weird. Her grandma calls and then her and her mom just like go to India randomly. She's skipping school. Like, I don't know. It's just a lot. It just seemed, it seemed, it it feels a little weird. It feels there's some things in this are really forced, but I don't know. It's still like, dude, she's, uh, they're living in Jersey city. She's close to Newark cheap flights. (laughs) <laughs> if the airport isn't underwater you got some affordable flights right there <laughs> my 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 family has tried to visit me now like three times at least okay two times and both times have, have not gone well and every time i'm like just flying to jfk but they flew into laguardia and then they both got covid and then they tried to fly into newark and my mom was telling me for years you got to go just fly to newark the, the flights are so cheap and i'm like really mm. you want me to you want me to cross i live in brooklyn you want me to cross manhattan get into jersey to to fly from the airport that's crazy she's like no it's great it's so easy books a ticket to newark massive storm airport floods they cancel everything like for the weekend oh <laughs> my like, god it was crazy i was like that's what you get for booking newark mom i'm not even mad i'm not even mad at you i'm disappointed that you made <laughs> and she made this decision i'm not, I'm just disappointed. We had a flight back from California one time, get in super late. We were delayed for forever in Colorado and we ended up uh, flying back in and we were going to land at 1.30 in LaGuardia. I live like 10 minutes away from LaGuardia. We're going to land at 1.30 in the morning. I was already mad that we're like three and a half hours behind when we're supposed to be landing. But it turns out LaGuardia closes at 1 a.m. So the only airport they could land us in 
was fucking Newark. They landed us in the wrong state. No. It was That's awful. crazy. It was awful. That's the only time I've ever been in Newark. Ugh. Don't want to go back. I heard LaGuardia is better. I think I actually Googled the other day. And now it's like closer to where I live. But I'm just mm-hmm. like, no, I just JFK, man. JFK is great. Never any well, problems at JFK. You got to watch out, man. LaGuardia is a it's a hotbed of COVID. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I think going to India is a sweep sweep move. If you do a 10 episode series, I'll take a 13. <laughs> I'll take 13. All the Netflix shows were way too long. I wish we could swap the episode lengths of the Netflix shows and the Disney plus shows. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it'd be very weird to see how that would work because they're going shorter and I assume it would be the same budget. But then like the 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 money they're putting into each episode is pretty high. But I don't know. I feel like maybe. Yeah, I would love to see how that would work. I hope hopefully they try it. I would love like let's get like 10 episodes of something and just see what happens. Disney, that's my pitch to you. Oh my uh, you, got any, you got any thieves, Kevin? Like what, who's your biggest? What's your biggest thief about this? I mean, biggest thief is Kamala. She's great. Yeah, she's, she's amazing. wonderful. I can't wait to see her again. I watched online on YouTube. They have the like little movie that plays while you're eating on the Disney Seas cruise. They have a Marvel themed dinner on this <laughs> Disney cruise that has an exclusive piece of MCU content in it. It's Ant-Man, the Wasp. Captain America, uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America and Miss Marvel facing off against Ultron. And let me tell you right now, it is not worth watching. (laughs) Uh, I'm very glad I didn't book this cruise for this thing. But yeah, it's it sucks. The only thing that's fun about it is seeing Miss Marvel interact with these other characters. I did want to ask you this, Tim. So we are now six movies into phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We are what, uh, like five or six TV shows deep in it? WandaVision, Loki, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, um, Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight. So yeah, we're six movies and six TV shows deep. I'm not counting what if. Um, I think all of the new characters they've introduced have been huge hits. Yelena, amazing. Kate Bishop, amazing. Miss Marvel, amazing. We both liked Eternals. I know that's more divisive, but people talk a lot of shit about how Phase I 4... I liked Eternals. You said you liked Eternals I was a little more bullish on Eternals than you were. I might have I might have said I liked it, but you also thought I hated John Cena the other day. So I don't know if you you don't have any grasp of what's going on in this head. I you don't, don't even Tim, know me, Kevin. I'm a very hyperbolic person. If you say you don't like something, I say Tim hates that. I I I enjoyed I maybe it seems like Eternals everyone hates and I definitely enjoyed it more than hated it. But I, to say that they're all hits is is crazy. I feel like we could all just never see the Eternals again and we'd be fine. Uh, I want to think on the whole, all the new characters they've introduced are pretty popular. <laughs> you look so <laughs> disappointed right now. I just no, I just I just I feel like I need to think about it more. I genuinely do. Like, I don't know if I. I don't know how I feel about that. How many people did they introduce? Who like who were the big you just rattled off some big intros, but I think I could counter with just like all the Eternals. And it's like, yeah, there's nobody here that I need to 
I don't need to see any of these people again. I'd love to see the Black Knight. I thought I was going to get the Black Knight. We didn't get him. I want to see Blade. I've been begging for Blade <laughs> for like 10 years now. Um, gosh, whatever. Doctor Strange. Do we need to see Stargirl or whatever again? I don't know. I don't. Do we need to see? I don't know who like who. I guess I like Moon Knight. I guess I like Miss Marvel a lot. I like Haley Steinfeld. I mean, you're. I think you're coming out of this with like six characters. I think so. Out of 12 movies. But I think it's a strong six. Yeah. This could be its own pod, honestly, is us. <laughs> is us looking back on phase four and just like really trying to find some takeaways in this. Because I think... It's pro- I feel like it's a very 50 50 where it's like it's ju- everything's a hit. Everything that hits is like ju- there's a miss to counterbalance like every one of them. I feel like, you know, I think everything was OK. Like, what's the best thing from this is Shang-Chi probably yeah, right? for sure. Or Spider-Man. I don't even know if I would count that because the best thing about spider Oh, you mean like the best piece of media? I thought you meant the best new character. No. Yeah. Just the best piece, like the best thing that they did. Doctor Strange, Spider-Man. I think Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi takes it. And then like all the TV shows are like kind of hit or miss. Man, I don't know. What do, you, what do you feel like is the vibe now? Are they just throwing stuff out? They're just like trying things. They're just seeing what works. They're just it seems like this new model. If they're if they're going to be just like producing like 20 pieces of content, you know, a phase. It feels like they are doing a lot more of like trusting people to get it done, you know, like making a Sam Raimi movie, making whatever. I don't know enough of these other directors, but it seems like they're just kind of taking a thing, handing it to a director and saying, like, do your best and then just like letting them run away with it, <laughs> like see what happens for better or worse. You know, I mean, maybe that's maybe that's Feige's plan right now is to just kind of toss a bunch of stuff out there, see what sticks and grab those things and go forward with them. It'll be interesting to see what gets announced. We're recording this three days before Comic-Con. Marvel has their first big panel there in a couple of years. It's going to be really interesting to see what gets announced as the next slate of movies past 2023. Yeah, I'm willing to bet. I mean, there's no way there's not a Shang-Chi 2 in there. Um, I'm willing to bet we're getting a Black Panther 2 trailer. So I, by the time this pod drops, all this stuff will be in the past. So maybe this will be <laughs> as bad as my predictions for Doctor Strange too. I'm going to do a hype pod just for the Comic-Con panel. <laughs> we have to do it. Uh, it's either that or talk about Miss Marvel, which apparently we just didn't want to do this episode. <laughs> <laughs> there's, it's, there's, what am I going to say that's bad? We've covered all the it. bad stuff. What a good time. My you, dude. My thief's the family. Oh, wait, no. What were you going to say? Oh, no. That's a, that's a great take. I love them. I love all the sporting characters. When the trailer came out, I was going to say, you said that looks like a show for kids. And I was like, it totally does. Like the trailer for this made it look like it was geared toward like it was like a high school show, but for kids that are like in high school and middle school right now. And this was just such a fun like teen comedy. It feels like I feel like middle schoolers would love this. Yeah. Like where they're looking up at, at Kamala and they're like, yeah, she's like, I could be that. I could be like a high schooler doing this thing, you know? Yeah. I feel like it's really cool. And it's like colorful and fun and like neat. And, and there's funny moments in it. Gosh, the family's so good. 
honestly, one of my favorite moments was at the end when they're like they're like planning the heist or whatever. And she's like in front of the board and she's in her costume and she's drunk. And it just feels like very like childish, but like in the best way. It's just like it's just lighthearted yeah. and fun in a in a thing that generally wasn't. And it was just like, oh, this is who Miss Marvel is. This is like a, an always optimistic, like like drawing a plan. I've got squiggles on it. I'm like doing all this stuff. And then and then as she's going through the plan, more people just start showing up randomly. And it's like, oh, it's that girl that you saved at the beginning. Oh, wait, your brother's here for some reason. And he's like, I went to school here. I climbed through the window. She's like, OK, fine. But that's it. And I was like, God, I wish they could just add like two more characters. Like, why, aren't the, why can't can the parents just be like it? Like, like it the missed another guy. Yeah, it needed a third beat where, yeah, we're like the whole lol guys like, hey, man, I'm here, too. She says, I'm the best food card. I, I, you know, I got your back, you know, like there wasn't one other body you could get in there for that, like, you know, rule of thirds. But her brother showing up, I thought was so funny. Her mm-hmm. relationship with her family was like so good, so fascinating. They're all great actors. It's just like a very, I don't know. It just, it's just, it was just a great glimpse into like a unique family dynamic within a culture that I'm not necessarily that familiar with. And I think the combination of the two was just like in was just really good. It was just really great. Really loved it. Uh, so fun. Great show. Great. It's a thumbs up for show. me. Thumbs up for me as well. Listener, do you agree? Let us know. <laughs> Send us an email, nerdyfor30 at gmail.com. We'll read it in our next mailbag. While you're at it, go ahead, wherever you're listening. Uh, give us a like. Subscribe. Five stars, five stars. It don't cost you nothing. It don't cost you a damn thing. It don't cost you a gosh dang thing. Ah, that's right. Mm. Mm. Thanks for listening once again, everybody. Uh, We'll see you next week. Until then, stay nerdy. Bye. Bye. Man. Okay, so you remember when Zach Cherry yelled at Spider-Man to do a flip? Yeah. He was getting food from a food truck. Is there any chance it's it's the halal guy? (laughs) Oh, that'd be wonderful. There's no way. I think it was like a hot dog or something. But I'm like, damn, that would have been so cool. That would be cool as hell. Mm, It sure would. We just need to build out everyone from that scene. Yeah. Like Gary Richardson needs like a <laughs> needs like a just like a uh, to pop up in something else. Dude, like that guy was who so... yells at window at Spider Man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he gets a job in Midtown, and there's a fight going on, and he leans his head out to like two inch crack. You can open a window in a high rise. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was so strange in that scene too, because Stan Lee's name in that cameo was Gary. So Gary pops his head out and yells first, I think. And then uh, some other lady pops her head out and then Stan Lee pops his head out. And then the lady goes, Gary, how are you doing? And I was until they cut back to Stan Lee, I was like, he fucking let his name be Gary in this. That's so funny, man. All the Stan Lee cameos are, are so funny. It's also like they don't call him Stan and he's like a watcher, you know, man, Mm. it's a bummer. R.I.P. R.I.P. The King of Comics. I was in a, I was in a, I forget what movie it was, but I went to Spider-Verse and the guy yells, the King of Comics. And I was like, yo, fuck this guy. Is this guy going to be a problem? (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I think about that all the time. He didn't just yell the King of Comics. He finished an argument that no one else was having where they showed like rest in peace, Stan Lee. And he goes, Stan Lee, 
the real king of comics. <laughs> I think if he had just said king, people might have clapped. But the real king, people were like, the fuck are you talking about, dude? What is this guy? He said it like an insane person. It wasn't like a ghost Stanley. It wasn't like a man Stanley. It was like a like, yeah, you're right. He ended a fight with somebody. He was getting the last word in on the street. Like as he's like as like someone's in his face. Like that was the tone that he said it with. He was directing that at an unseen foe that none of us knew about. Yeah, he it was uh, something he incredible. Was, uh, he was directing it at like an imaginary Bob Kane and Bill Finger that he just saw in the corner of his vision. I don't know what that means. Uh, Creators Batman. I think Bill nice. Finger was the other dude's name, right? I'll fucking look it Bill up later. Bill Finger? I think it was. <laughs> yeah, Gross. it doesn't sound right. Uh, it's also such a funny like disparity because of the time we saw, I think it was uh, Star Wars Episode Eight, and as the lights were going down in the IMAX theater and a hush was falling over the crowd, you, super drunk, coming off a work Christmas party, just go, Star Wars? And people <laughs> lost their minds. <laughs> They were so on board for it. That was like when we were walking in, though. I remember because I was one of the drunkest I've ever been in my life. And I was like, and you're like, I'm getting a hot dog. And I was like, something I would never do at the movies. And I got a whole plate. We both got little boxes of food, which I don't think I've ever done before. And then we walked into the theater. I remember yelling star. I remember that is just that's like a high point of my life is just everyone reacting positively to that. And then you, and then, and then we got to our seats and you were like, I can't believe when it was mad at you for that. And the thought hadn't even crossed my mind. I was so into it. And then that opening scene, I remember being so overwhelming. I was way too drunk for how fast those those fighters were flying and everything i was not prepared for still one of the better star wars movies i'll say i'll die in that hill it was good okay it was a good one well i'll talk to you later kevin sounds good see you buddy <laughs> bye